Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Sewing Hope. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us or watching us, however you're doing so. Really do appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, know that we premiere this each and every week at uh, 6 p.m. on Tuesdays. So if you're looking for our weekly episode of Sewing Hope, you can always go over to the Patchwork Heart Ministry YouTube channel uh, and kind of subscribe to us and you'll get a notification that we're going to be going live at uh, six o'clock p.m on tuesday evenings each and every week in addition to that know that you can always reach out to us at the sewing hope podcast s-e-w-i-n-g hope at patchworkheart.org so hope you'll join us uh each and every week and also interact with us um on social media but also through email uh and i mean us because uh, I am not just a solo act here on this show. I have a wonderful co-host. Her name is Anne DeSantis. She's always with me, and she's with me here tonight. So, Anne, how are you doing? And uh, ready to go with this uh, episode number five of our series. Yeah, so am I, Bill. Doing great. Thanks for asking, as always. And it's good to be here. And I love this series. The series is 10 Ways to Grow in Faith. This is episode five. I can't believe it. So we're halfway through. Yes, we are. And that's, uh, it, it's really unbelievable that we are halfway through this series. And I'm super excited to be doing um, the topic of why should we go to mass, right? That's one of the big uh, things that I think many Catholics maybe struggle with on a daily basis or a weekly basis, I should say, you know, why do we have to go to that weekly mass? Uh, I think tonight's going to be a fascinating topic. So uh, thanks for thanks for diving in on this series deeper and deeper as we get to grow in faith little by little here. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because, you know, we can do all the right things when it comes to trying to be a good Christian. We can be a good person in general. We can pray. We can believe in Jesus. We can follow Jesus. We can do charitable acts and all these different things. 
But if we're Catholic, right, and if, if we really believe in what the Catholic Church teaches, then we know that part of that whole ways that we can grow in faith, right, one of the largest ways is that we can really love the Mass, attend the Mass, and make it a priority to go to Mass. And let's face it, this past year hasn't been easy because a lot of the diocese and archdiocese uh, had lifted the dispensation or, made, you know, I brought up that, made the dispensation so that people could stay home and not get sick. But here we are now in September of 2021. And um, for the most part, even though I know that COVID cases are kind of coming around again, it's getting that resurgence a little bit. But in, in general, generally speaking, people are back going to mass um, every week. So I didn't know if you had anything on that, Bill, anything that you wanted to say about that? Yeah, you know, I think um, it, it, it's a wonderful topic for us to discuss just precisely because of what you just said about the pandemic and, and how maybe many Catholics who were raised in a cultural Catholicism um, heard the term dispensation from mass for the very first time in, you know, 2020. That was odd words for even faithful Catholics to hear. You are dispensed from your obligation to go to Sunday mass. And there may have been a few Catholics, as I said, out there that maybe were cultural Catholics like, hey, wait a minute. Um, I didn't realize we had to go to mass every Sunday. Uh, what is this whole dispensation thing? And I think maybe it woke up some people um, to the fact that we have an obligation as Catholics to go to mass. And that's, and that's not um, some other worship service. That's not some other uh, podcast that you listen to. This does not substitute for your mass. I, I remember reading a blog one time and it said that uh that person had decided to give up going to church and their church instead was listening to religious podcasts well i hate to tell you but uh neither ann or i are ordained ministers or priests and we can't uh fill the gap for you when it comes to your sunday obligation to go to mass or, or to church so uh there, there there is an importance to worshiping god and the the best way we worship God as a Catholic is to attend the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Uh, it is the number one way that we uh, plug into the divine. Uh, I like to say, and students of mine have probably heard this several, several times, but we step across the threshold to eternity when we go to Mass because the Mass exists outside of space and time. So uh, we are participating in an eternal event that is going to forever, um, you know, impact our souls. There are so many wonderful blessings that we get uh, to, to attend Mass, um, just, just to even go to Mass and, and hear the word and see, uh, you know, Christ becoming, you know, present on the altar, present uh, body, blood, soul, and divinity, uh, witnessing that and ha having the gift of receiving Holy Communion. So we have so many different reasons to go to Mass uh, as Catholics, but we also have that obligation. So, um, you know, I, I'm very uh, excited to, you know, delve a little bit more into this. And, and, you know, if you're out there listening to this right now, maybe you are um, haven't been to church in a while. Maybe the pandemic didn't impact your 
uh, ability to go to mass and uh, want to worship and attend mass in person, not just on video. Um, so, so, you know, maybe this is another wake up call for you to kind of head back to church uh, and, and learn a little bit more about why we go to mass every Sunday. Yeah, Bill, absolutely. Well said. And I'm glad you brought up the whole idea that dispensation because, you know, there's a reason why they did it. There's a reason why the diocese and archdiocese did it because there was a risk to a lot of people, a lot of people who are either older or have some kind of a pre-existing health condition or someone who um, really just was at risk for getting COVID. And that was a better thing that they did that during that time. And we do lift our prayers for people right now who are still suffering with COVID-19 and any type of illness right now. And, you know, the one thing I think that this also, this whole pandemic has done is wake people up to say, how sick do you need to be in order to say, I'm not going to go to mass this week. Okay. And I think that's something for us to really think about because you know what, we're not supposed to go to mass if we really and truly feel sick and to a point where we could get other people sick. And that's not a good thing. So I think that this was something that was a wake up call for everybody. And even if you have a sick child and your child is coughing or sneezing or something, you know, it, it, it really and truly is not a sin if you're sick to miss mass. So I think it's just a, a good um kind of a public service, right, for all of us that we understand now uh, that, yes, mass is an obligation for us, but if you if you are sick to a point of getting other people sick, then yes, it's better for you not to go to mass, and it is not a mortal sin when you do that, too, when you stay home because you're sick. No, of course not, and, you know, the, the, the church, um, I'm going to use the catechism here, and the, but, but, but the church, um, you know, states exactly what you just said, basically. Yes. Um, and, and it comes to us in uh, the, there's actually a section of the catechism uh, entitled the Sunday obligation. And it's, uh, it's paragraphs 2180 through 2183 and paragraph 2183 says this, if because of lack of a sacred minister or for other grave cause participation in the celebration of the Eucharist is impossible. It is especially recommended that the faithful take part in the liturgy of the word. If it is celebrated in the parish church or in another sacred place, according to the prescriptions of the diocesan bishop or engage in prayer for an appropriate amount of time personally or in a family or as occasion offers in groups of families. And one of the you know very interesting things about this is that, you know, we live here in the United States where there are plenty of op opportunities for us to go to mass. You know, there's like three masses in my parish every single Sunday. And I think that uh, there are plenty of opportunities for uh, many other people. And to go, you know, in the United States to mass, it's pretty easy to find mass, you know, here living in the United States. Uh, but there are other countries in this world where there are not priests and there's, and it's so far spread out. If you're in the middle of, you know, a, a desert or you're in the middle of some place where you cannot, it, it's impossible for you to find a priest to go to church. Um, and, and because of that, um, you know, that would make it impossible for you to attend weekly. And that's a very foreign thing for us to, I think to even talk about, but it's a reality for many Catholics out there. 
And so, um, you know, what are we called to do? I like the second half of that. If it's impossible for you to go, if it's, you know, if you cannot make it because you're sick, because a family member is sick, because you're going to get, um, you know, somebody else ill, or you're a caregiver, right? If you're, if you're a caregiver in the family, uh, where you cannot go, what are you supposed to do? The, the catechism highlights engage in prayer for an appropriate amount of time. So it's not just like maybe saying, you know, in our father, Hail Mary. No, it's like in the in the equivalent amount of time that it would take you to go to mass, you know, so an hour or whatever, really engage in prayer with your family by yourself or in groups of families, if that's uh, something that is a a possibility. So, you know, um, the, the obligation to to attend mass does not necessarily mean that you're going to attend mass every single Sunday of your life based on uh, illness, uh, sickness, or the impossibility of going because there's no priest that can, um, you know, celebrate mass within your locale. So, and, and that may be a growing thing in the United States too, as, as, as priests um, and the number of priests <laughs> dwindle down um, because we don't have as many seminarians in, as we used to in many dioceses. So um, just keep these things in mind as you reflect on um, this obligation of going to mass, but the benefits of going are, are so wonderful too. And I know we wanted to jump into the benefits of attending mass too. That's right. That's right. I think it's good. We address what we just talked about though, because, you know, we're talking about this whole idea of an obligation, right? But it's a joyful obligation. It's not like, Oh, woe is me. It's Sunday or Saturday night. I have to go to mass, you know? This is really the, the highlight of what it means to be Catholic. I mean, because the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith. It is the true body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. And you're there not only for the Eucharist, but you're there for the word. You're there for the community aspect of it. And you're really there because this is really and truly what your life and my life is all about. Because as Bill said, that when you're at Mass, it's, it's, a, it's like a timeless event that happens. You know, you're there. You're there with Christ as he presents himself to us and to his body and his soul and everything about him, blood, soul, and divinity, giving, giving himself to us every single Sunday. And if you want to, obviously, every single day of the week, if you want to go to daily mass, if it's available, right? Um, I found an article, Bill, that I thought would be good for us to read. Uh, it's on a website called saintcoleman.org, S-A-I-N-T, coleman.org, the importance of going to mass, simply, that's what it's called. And in the article, it says that the mass is a prayer of the church par excellence, meaning there is no greater prayer other than the holy sacrifice of the mass. From the opening prayer to the closing prayer, the Mass is one continuing offering to God the Father by making present the passion of his Son. Almost all the prayers are addressed exclusively to the Father. We, as a community of believers, participate in this awesome drama that is re relived every time the Mass is offered. We are not merely spectators, but active participants in the Lord's passion. I think that was very well said. Absolutely. And I like that active participation and as well, uh, that's something that is really a, uh, an important part of the mass for us to understand 
is that we're not just there sitting like lumps on a log, right? Like we are meant to be participating in this liturgy. We have a role in this liturgy, right? Um, and and it, it's not just, you know, in this mode of getting something out of it. It's what can I put into it? What can I bring to it? And I always like the presentation of the gifts as a reminder that that right of the presentation of the gifts as a, a reminder for us as Catholics that uh, we have to put something in. And I don't mean money, by the way. I don't mean money because, you know, the church is, you know, passing a basket around or if your church passes a basket around and asking for donations, I, I don't mean you should put something in. Uh, should you? Yes. I mean, if you, if you have the financial uh, capability to do so, uh, put, put something in the basket uh, and, and sacrificially give to your Catholic church. That's important, sacrificial giving. And uh, maybe we do an episode on that. But the, the reality is, is that put something in the basket, bring something to the altar, participate in the liturgy. What, what do I mean by that? Well, bring your joys, bring your fears, bring your successes, bring your failures, bring that. And as you watch the gifts being prepared on the altar, the bread, the wine, or you see the person, or maybe this Sunday, you're carrying the, you know, the altar bread and the altar wine toward the priest to hand it to him. And but, but as that's happening, as you're watching those two people uh, bring those gifts to the altar, bring your gifts, bring your uh, talents, bring your fears and anxieties and worries and, and joys and hopes and dreams, put them on the altar as well. You know, uh, just don't sit back and say, oh, I'm going to get a great homily from this priest or, you know what, I, I really don't like this priest. I'm not going to get anything out of this today. Like, it's about also what we bring into Mass and what we give to God. Uh, so it's not just this exclusive, um, you know, here I'm going to get a great homily and leave with, um, you know, Jesus and then go back out into the world and do the exact same things I've been doing all week. Um, you know, so so I, I just think you really hit on that, too, about, you know, giving, putting something out there, actively participating in the liturgy. Um, and that includes singing, folks, and that includes, um, you know, saying the prayers. Uh, there are so many people I see at masses all over, right, and that we're at, what do they do? They just, you know, kind of sit there and they go, oh, yeah, I'm Catholic here. I'm, I, I'm meeting my obligation to attend. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, worshiping joyfully, sitting here with this scowl on my face. <laughs> no, <laughs> you should be singing, right? You should be, uh, you should be singing. And if people say, oh, I have a terrible voice, you know. Uh, and, and I don't have any special voice. Like I really don't. And so I, I, I heard a priest one time say, you know what, God's the one who uh, gifted you with the voice. Why don't you share it with them? You know, if you think your voice is bad, share it back to them, uh, you know, uh, as, so you can let them know um, that, you know, maybe he can help you improve your uh, singing or lack thereof. So I, I really think that, you know, it's important for us to participate in the liturgy. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I think the more you participate, I know for myself, like you said, with singing, with responses, with praying after you receive communion, with praying when the consecration is going on, being attentive to what the homily is saying. So many people tune out, you know that? I think they do. 
they tune out during that homily. And let's face it, there are some priests that are better than others at giving a homily. But either way, you're there at that mass for a reason, right? God wanted you to attend that particular mass that you're at to hear that message from the priest and to participate in the liturgy and the Eucharist and in everything else that goes with attending and being part of a mass, right? But I do think that that homily is also very important because that's the message that the priest has usually prayed upon, has usually thought about, and how that message relates to our lives mm. and what we can learn from it, right? So, and like I said, I know that there's priests that are better at it than others, but it's still, you're there for the whole part of the mass, every part of it, including the homily. So we need to keep our ears tuned to that message of what that priest is saying to you and to me. So I think that's also an important thing. I'd like to go back, if I could, Bill, to this article, because I do think there's some good stuff here. Again, it's called The Importance of Going to Mass. It's a simple title. That's how I found it, from stcoleman.org. And it says that the Mass is not for our entertainment, considering that we are relying excuse me, reliving the Lord's passion, we are participating in the sacrificial offering of Jesus on the cross, which is most reflected in the Eucharist. The music should accompany our prayer of thanksgiving for what we have received and should enhance our communal participation. Would it even seem appropriate to play rock music during someone's funeral? Neither would it be appropriate to play music that draws attention to the organization, excuse me, the congregation, rather than on the sacrifice unfolding before our eyes. I don't think that's saying that you can't have contemporary music. I don't think that's what it's saying. I think it's saying that it has to be somewhat kind of holy music that's reflecting what's going on, right? You wouldn't yeah. just flick on the radio and listen to whatever uh, whatever tune is on when you're, when you're at Mass. You're, you're there. The words in the, in the hymns ha all have meaning. And, you know, they're approved, aren't they, Bill? Those hymns have to be approved by the church. There's hymns that they've pulled over the years that said that didn't reflect the Catholic faith. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or ones that have modified different lyrics here and there um, as well, because things need to be in line with church teaching. And it's so very important that um, I, I think when it comes to music, again, I, I'm, I, I'm a charismatic Catholic. I, um, uh, I, I would state that, um, you know, I, I enjoy the contemporary worship music. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, as, as Anne, you kind of said, you don't flick on, you know, your, your favorite, you know, top 40 station at somebody's funeral, you know, liturgy. And, and that's, that's kind of the same, uh, mode we have to have when we enter into mass these songs these are our, our attention our focus needs to be toward the lord um and if and if something you know is distracting you from your your worship of god then it doesn't belong in the mass you know um now if it's now if it's guiding you toward the the worship of god the adoration of god then then absolutely you know, and, and here's the other thing, too. The, the, the church is the one, as Anne said, that kind of regulates that. 
And, and the reason why the church has that regulation, and, and moreover, the di- each local diocesan bishop, is because when, it, you know, when it's regulated by, by the authority and the magisterium of the church, what, what then happens is um, we don't end up with a lot of personal preferences, right? Like I, like I just said, oh, I you know, enjoy the contemporary music. But um, if my diocesan bishop said you can no longer have contemporary music at, at mass, I would still be Catholic, you know? Um, I, I, I always say, and I, and I, and I misspoke here, but I always like to say, I am a Catholic charismatic. I am Catholic first. I'm not going to be, um, you know, you know, just a charismatic. Um, so, so we, we are, we, we need to be faithful to what the magisterium and what our, our local bishops, um, you know, ask of us during mass, uh, from music, from prayers, from um you know the 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 attire a lot of times that's another thing um the attire right and like what do we wear to mass um you know i i always hear my mom chirping in my ear every time i go to wear shorts to a sunday mass because uh you know maybe the mass is outside um and it's a hot day or whatever we have a lot of outdoor masses here especially during covid time and i hear my mom in my ear always going uh, don't you darn in don't 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 you dare wear shorts to mass <laughs> like uh-huh. uh, you know um, but but again you know being obedient to um, what the church asks of us to you know to dress chastely and and um, you know in a in a honorable way uh, to to go to mass that that doesn't mean you have to have on a you know a two thousand dollar suit to go to mass folks uh, we're not talking about that uh, it, it just means to to you know, dress chastely and and the way you would want to be, um, you know, greeting your God. You know, uh, do you, do you want to greet him in a you know pair of cut off jeans, uh, or do you want to greet him in um, you know something something nice if you were to meet him on the street? <laughs> you know, uh, I so so just kind of you know reflect on those things too, because um, because how do we want to dress? How do we want to worship and how do we want to eliminate those distractions? Uh, it's by relying on what the church asks of us to do. Yeah, thank you, Bill. Thanks for bringing up the clothing aspect. I do think it's important to address because, you know, it, I don't think it's a matter of, like you said, of having to wear some kind of like expensive clothes that like everybody looks and says, oh, look at look at her over there. Boy, she looks nice in that dress or whatever. It's, it's not about that. It's not about that at all. The, the, what it is about is that we don't want our clothing also to be a distraction either way, right? We don't want to be like dressed to the nines and then everybody in the church is like, oh my goodness, look at her or look at him over there in that suit or what he has on. He looks, looks awesome and you can't keep your eyes off the person. Not about that. And it's also not about dressing like a slob either. So there's got to be some kind of like, as my grandmother used to say, a happy medium there, right? You know, I mean, you're dressed comfortably, appropriately, modestly neatly right neatly and and I think yes I think it's appropriate to dress up slightly I mean I'm like I said I think those doesn't mean that you have to go crazy but at least like for me what I wear normally is like a nice pair of, of pants and a, and a nice shirt or jacket over it or maybe a dress once in a while um 
not I'm not saying that I completely disagree with wearing like jeans or, or clothes that are more casual, but to me I look at it that okay, it's one hour a week, you know, that it's all it is. It's an hour a week that I'm gonna throw on a nice, nice pair of pants and a shirt or a, a skirt or something like that, if that makes sense. But I don't think that it's a, a definite you can wear nice jeans, right? I think as long as you're dressed neatly appropriately and not sloppy for sure i mean if, if that makes any sense oh absolutely uh, yeah i think that's a lot of what it is now i have something else to read from this article it's just a good one yeah. that i found um it says we're not made to be comfortable giving one hour a week to attend mass fasting an hour before communion and going to church during vacations putting up with boring homilies and he says yes they exist all these are nothing compared to what our savior endured for us we have inadvertently trained ourselves to see these small sacrifices as burdens rather than seeing them as paths to sanctification. There are people literally risking their lives to attend mass uh, in persecuted parts of the world. And are off, And when we complain that we don't, quote, feel like we're receiving anything at mass, um, liturgy is, is work just like it, it, it is prayer. Uh, excuse me, liturgy like work uh, and prayer is it is work um and we want to um we really want to work on realizing the sacrifices that's being put into even for that priest you know some priests have to travel to get to a church just to do that mass you know and they want to feel like not to say it's about feelings but when you see the people care to be there it makes a difference for that priest as well i would say oh yeah Hundred percent, and uh, I think you have to remember: yes, the priests have this amazing um, calling to become, you know, another Christ, right? Like that's their role at Mass uh, to take on the person of Christ and to say, "This is my body, this is my blood," to preach like Jesus pre uh, preached, um, like that's their role. But, but I, but I also think it's important, you know, as you just mentioned, that they're also that they're also humans too, and uh, they may have had a bad night's sleep, they may have had um, something else happen, you know, you, you don't know who they had to anoint at one o'clock in the morning driving to a hospital, you you don't know what what their particular circumstance is, and so. Um, I think giving our priests the benefit of the doubt and supporting them in, in their role, right. Supporting them in their role. And, and that goes by the way, beyond mass um, to, to realize the humanity of our priests, our priests need all the same kinds of love that we need, right. They're not devoid of all the different kinds of love that we need. So I think that's very important um, to take a look at in the grand scheme of, going to mass because you know how can you support your priest right assisting at mass is so very important that's actually what it's called for the laity assisting at mass and that's not just the people who are lecturing and altar serving and being eucharistic ministers folks it's everybody sitting at the pews we are we are assisting at the holy sacrifice of mass which means you know i i always like to uh talk about the like the position where the priest has their arms outstretched right his arms outstretched during the our father they call it the orans position right and um 
a lot of people like to imitate the priest uh, when when uh, they pray the Our Father. Maybe they hold their hands out and upward, um, you know, during that during that prayer, um, or maybe they hold the hands of their loved ones next to them. Um, I I encourage you to take a look at um, the the Book of Exodus and um, and how when Moses was praying, you know, Aaron and um, one other, I'm going to blank on it at the moment, uh, held up the priest's arms. And and Moses would, uh, you know, pray over this battlefield. And as uh, Moses' hands were lifted up, the Israelite army was succeeding and, and, and winning the battle. And when he dropped his arms, because he was too hard to hold them up, um, what happened? Well, the Israelite army began to uh, be defeated. And so Aaron would hold the arms of Moses up in that Oran's position. And I think that's what we have to do as lady. That's our assistance. Like, so when you see the priest holding his hands out like that, holding them up, uh, begging God and asking God to come down to assist us, we have to make sure his hands are up. Right. And, and so if, if imitating him is, is a uh, way of saying, okay, you know, hold your hand, I'm trying to prop your hands up, then, then by all means, I believe that's okay. Um, and it's so important for us to take on that role because um, supporting the, the priest as he's celebrating mass, spiritually, asking God to intercede uh, to, to bless him as he's celebrating the mass and take care of his, some of his physical needs after mass, right? Some of the emotional needs after mass. So important, folks. Really important. Uh, you know, to have him over for dinner, to take him out to see a baseball game every once in a while. Um, all of those things help with his, um, you know, state at mass. It helps him pray better, helps him uh, minister better in all of those circumstances. Um, you know, so just think about how do you hold the priest's hands up? How do you uh, keep keep his hands up so that we can win the battle? How, how we can win the fight? Oh, Bill, thank you so much for everything you just said. I couldn't agree more. And of course, you know very well that I work for a religious order. I'm the director for the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith at nonatus.org, where we minister to families in crisis. Um, basically, you know, I, I get to come into contact with a lot of priests and religious, and I can definitely say that you're right about what you just said. It's important that we pray for them, support them, befriend them, and, you know, just let them know that we're there for them. I think that's so important. Um, can I read one more, Bill, if I Absolutely. could? Absolutely. Okay, one more paragraph. I know we're almost toward the end of this podcast. But from the same article, The Importance of Going to Mass, simple title there, it says, what we receive at Mass is infinitely more than just a passing good feeling or a preached life lesson. We participate in the passion, death, and resurrection of Christ himself. We receive his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist. We accompany him on the road to Calvary. 
We share in his sufferings and offer our own struggles before the altar at the slaughtered lamb. There's no need to invent novelties if we're aware that before our very presence, heaven and earth embrace each and every time in the Eucharist, every time it's offered. This is the greatest of all, of all dramas. This is why for, for the Catholic, there is nothing more important than going to mass. And I think that's one thing I want to say during this series, right? This beautiful series of 10 ways to grow in faith. And it is geared for Catholics, right? You, Bill, you and I are Catholic, and most of our audience is Catholic. So if you're Catholic and you want to grow in faith, this is a very big reason for you to grow up, how you can grow in faith. Now, are there people who go to Mass and don't do anything other than that? Do they just go to Mass and then they don't think about God in between? Do they do what they want between the Sundays? Do they treat people not so great? Uh, <laughs> you know, in between those Sundays and not really partake as a Catholic? Absolutely. Are there people who do the opposite that, that maybe they read their Bible and they're charitable to other people and they think about God and pray, but they don't go to mass. Yeah. There's people who do that too. So the best of both worlds, I think is when you can do both because you don't want to miss out that even if you're doing quote, all the right things, if you're being a good person, if you're, you know, following the Ten Commandments and the Two Great Commandments, but you don't go to Mass, you're missing out on something very big in your life. And not only that, if you're Catholic, I hate to say this, it is true that it is a mortal sin not to, to miss it, right? We do have to mention that, too, that if we miss Mass, for not a good reason, right, Bill? Right. If you're not sick, if you've got, just say you, basically your reason is that you're just tired, or that you got too much work to do for work or something. I don't think that they're, honestly, I don't think they're good enough reasons not to make it to mass, you know, yeah. if that's the only reason. Now, at the opposite way, like I said, you go to mass every week, but you really don't do too much other than mass. Uh, well, you're fulfilling your obligation, that's for sure. But you, you might be missing out on that relationship with God, which we talk about on this podcast on these 10 ways to grow in faith. So I think it's a good thing to, to reflect on that not only do you need to go to mass, but you need to do all these other things that Bill and I are talking about too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and this has been such a great uh, podcast. Uh, you know, it's certainly one that I'm going to go back to and listen to myself, um, you know, because I think there's a lot of really good stuff in this podcast. So folks, um, again, listen to the whole series of this that we're doing uh, you know how to grow in faith uh, and we're on episode number five uh, so there's four other episodes that we've recorded uh, that talk about different aspects of how to grow in faith and I think uh, at, at the heart of this at you know in the middle of, of where we are uh, mass is is so so important it's the source and summit of the Christian life uh, we are we are so blessed to have it um, as Catholics and so just if you haven't taken the time to connect with the mass in a while, maybe you've fallen away, uh, do, do two things. And as Anne kind of mentioned, right? It's, you know, if, if you haven't had a good reason to go to mass and, and, or, or, or skip mass and you're finding yourself um, in, in sin because of that, 
do two things. Go to confession and return to the mass. Um, go to confession, return to mass. I mean, the, the, the numbers are staggering, right? Like, you know, barely, you know, 70% of Catholics do not attend mass on a weekly basis. That's, that's nuts. So if you're out there as part of that 70% listening to this, do two things, go to confession, return to mass and know that, you know, there's no judgment. This is not about somebody saying to you, um, you know, go check a box as Ann made very clear. Like this is not about just going and check some box off. Um, but it's also about wanting to encounter the living God in the Eucharist and allowing him to transform every part of your life. So that's what I want to leave listeners with um, tonight from me, Ann. But uh, thank you so much for, um, for, for doing this. And I'm looking forward to next week because I know we got another great episode for everybody too. We sure do, Bill. Thank you. And thank you for all of your wisdom. And I want to just say to everyone, thank you for listening. And, and we are so blessed that you're a part of our family here at the Sewing Hope Podcast on Patchwork Heart Ministries. All right, folks. Well, thank you. And um, until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Art Ministry, I'm Bill Slater. Keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or Andy Santos 2. Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278.